0: everybody and welcome to another literacy-loving, comics-loving episode of Words, Images, and Worlds. I'm delighted on this episode to be joined by author Kenny Porter. Kenny, thank you for coming on the show and talking with me for a few minutes today and sorry I kept you in the waiting room for a few minutes. <laughs> no
1: problem at all. I, I experience Zoom issues all the time uh, every day so sometimes it's just ships pass in the night of clicking links and everything, not a big deal. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad to be here.
0: My pleasure. My pleasure. Uh, and yeah, I need to put some magazines in the waiting room. I need to like decorate the space a little bit right now. It's kind of that'd be like, dope. Kind of space. Yeah. If yeah. you
1: had a digital waiting room that had like digital magazines to flip through, you would be ahead of the curve on everybody. Yeah. And I might just be like, just give me an extra minute. i got an article. I'm really digging in here. It's really meaty. I want to get through it before I jump into the call. Some highlights
0: for kids, at least, you know, something, something out there. Would oh, be yeah. Great. I hope the Zoom people are listening. Uh, that that would be amazing. Um, but yeah, yeah, the work that a lot of people probably know you for. You've done things for DC. You also have work out there for Top Cal. Uh, and then there's there are also books that you have for Scholastic. All so far as I know, from from what I know, is in the the world and realm of comics. So that's kind of where I'm heading for my first question. You are officially a writer because there is a sign behind you that says writer drive, um, and so and you're driven. You you absolutely have. Uh, the books coming and out there. So what what was it about comics that pulled you in? And I'll also
1: say you're surrounded by comics at the moment in your uh, space. Yeah, I am definitely wall to wall surrounded by collected editions. I have boxes of single issues and stuff. I'm a huge reader. Um, There's novels and stuff, too, over here on this side that you can't see from the video feed that he's referring to. But yeah, like I read all the time. I'm more apt to read a book or watch a movie these days just because I love reading and like comics has always been a love of mine. And like rolling that into your question. The thing Mm -hmm. that drew me to comics is one, I was a kid when that first big like nineties comic boom hit. So comics were everywhere. My older cousins had them and I actually lived down the block. It was maybe one or two blocks away from a comic book store. So I was there all the time throwing quarters and dollars at the cheapest ones that I could get like Untold tales of Spider-Man and stuff. So they were always around And I've always been a fan of stories, whether it's books or movies, audio dramas, like I just love stories. And I'm a huge fan of artwork. I drew a lot as a kid. So comics was that perfect Venn diagram of storytelling and artwork. And while I don't really draw much anymore, I still really appreciate art. I love to get things uh, for comic fans out there, non-comic fans. There are things called artist editions, which are Huge reproductions of, uh, of books that have all of the original art scans. So you can see all of the marks that the artist made or like the whiteout that they used to correct stuff or change stuff. Uh, I'm just a big fan of art and storytelling in general. And that's what drew it to me originally. Awesome. And I
0: love how you said that comics being the Venn diagram of the verbal, the visual. I uh, love it. And uh, I was drawn to comics as a kid early on and just haven't put them down Were the, do you have go-to reads? Do you have like comfort reads that you really enjoy that get you in a creative space or a just a space of escape as well?
1: Yeah. I have some ones that I always go back to probably visit like every year or maybe every other year. One of my favorite ones just visually to go back to is actually Hellboy by Mike Mignola. <laughs> it's told so visually and Uh, So many moments. There's just so much rich world building and character stuff. Hellboy is such an interesting character who has a lot in life that he necessarily doesn't want and how he deals with that and how he just wants to help people. But bad things keep happening. And I love the inventiveness of all the monsters and mythology from all across the world as he travels I have the the huge library editions behind me on the wall. Um, I love all the short stories and stuff, so I can go back there a lot, especially when I'm trying to think of new inventive ways to work with artists and do really cool visual storytelling stuff, or just need cool inspiration of creatures or big ideas. Um, and nobody does short stories better than Hellboy and Mignola. And whenever I work short comic stories, like in anthologies for DC and stuff. I'll reread some of my favorite Hellboy ones but like, oh, yeah, that's that's how you like pack a punch and make a short story memorable is, you know, big character moments, big visuals, uh, things like that. So I go back to Hellboy a lot. Um, some other ones of classic ones I go back to a lot are Daredevil Born Again. That's one of my oh, yeah. favorite ones, just like character study. I love the art in that, too. I have the I don't have the artist edition because it's always out of print and super expensive. I had the artisan edition, which is like the shrunken down version and it's amazing. And Batman you're one another uh David Mazzucchelli one. Um that's actually getting an artist edition next year which I'm really excited about and that's one of my favorite collected editions as well that I love to go through. Uh so those are some of the ones that I hit up quite a bit and go back to especially when I want to think about pacing and character stuff and stories that are just really rich and put together. And another one that I have been reading every year two again is uh is All-Star Superman by grant Morrison, frank quietly just because mm-hmm. working on a lot of superman stuff lately that that's my favorite distillation of the big ideas of superman with the big emotion and how important the character is to just wanting to be there and helping people and how even the silver age kooky ideas can be these big uh grand awesome science fiction concepts and stuff when put through when put through a loving lens so that's another one that i go back to a lot
0: Nice, nice. Yeah. And folks out there probably recognize your name also from Superboy Man of Tomorrow
1: as well. So, yep, that's Um, one of the ones I'm currently writing. So I definitely dipped back in. I was like, well, this is an excuse to go back to All-Star Superman again. So I might as well reread it again for for another pass. Those
0: those are uh, great choices. I was talking with some fans yesterday. I was at a convention yesterday, um, Heroes Con in Charlotte. And they oh, were awesome. I have a lot
1: of friends who are there. I couldn't make it oh, this yeah. weekend,
0: but I have yeah. a lot of friends who are tabling there and stuff. I, I live pretty close, so I just sort of drove in for the day and uh, checked some things out, but um, Mike Mignola came up in conversation, and I've never met him, and so I said, well, what's he like? Uh, and everybody responded immediately. Very kind, very kind man, and just uh, the visual style. And storytelling that he brings is is so strong and unique, um, which believe it or not is a lead into the next question. It's a great story, but uh, and and sharing some love for a creator that I love. But I was going to ask about because comics is a collaborative medium. Those relationships that you've built that have been most sustaining uh, in the in the branches of industry because you've done the sort of the YA middle grade graphic novel mm-hmm. world as well as. Uh, the big two, and then uh, work for Top Cow as well.
1: Yeah, I absolutely love collaborating with artists. and I've been lucky that I've worked with a ton of really talented people. Uh, I worked with Zach Wilcox, who's a friend of mine on Fearless, which was the book we did for Scholastic. He has been a friend of mine for years. That was a story that we'd come up with. It was maybe the third or fourth thing that we'd put together to pitch And that was one that was just based on pure love of like our experiences as kids and growing up and how friendships change and how that's such an important thing to learn that as you get older, your dynamics with people are going to change. And I just knew that I wish I had a story like that growing up. So that was a big thing that we both put a ton of our, a ton of ourselves into. And at DC, I've gotten to work with incredibly awesome people. People are my friends like Riley Rossmo and Jason Howard And then people who I'd never met before, who I had to collaborate with, like Baldemar Rivas, who I got to do a short with and then develop a whole alternate universe with at DC. And we had so much fun getting on the phone and coming up with crazy concepts and keeping spreadsheet after spreadsheet of all these new takes on all the characters, which was amazing. Uh, I've gotten to work now with Genoid Lindsay on Superboy. That's been fantastic. Uh, Juan Ferreira, Ricardo Lopez-Ortiz, there's uh, Simone DeMayo, who I did a Batman Robin story with recently. I I I can't even name all the awesome people I've gotten to work with at DC. Those are just the most recent ones that I can remember. Uh, so I've been very lucky, and I love collaborating with artists. I um to dive a little bit into the the technical side, I mm-hmm. tend to work full script mostly, which means that I write everything out. Um, for those who aren't familiar, there's there's kind of two major thought schools of comic book writing. There's full script, which is usually when it's written similar to like a screenplay or a stage play where there's the page, the panel description, the character name, the dialogue, everything that you would need. And the artist would need to draw the story. Then there's something that's been lovingly referred to as Marvel style based on the way that they used to create a bunch of stories at once and how Stan Lee would be able to write multiple comics at once was basically it would just be a description of what happens in the story Sometimes with the page breakdown, sometimes it was just a single typed sheet, uh, and then the artist would interpret it, and then the writer would come back and add the dialogue and stuff afterwards based on the art that came back. I've done both. Uh, I always talk to an artist beforehand if I can and find out which they prefer so I can write either way. Um, so right now, like I'm doing a book at Image Comics uh, that's going to be coming out. It was announced called The Schlub with Ryan Stegman, who's known for doing like Venom uh, and Spider-Man stuff and Vanish, which was one of his recent Image Comics And our friend Tyrell Cannon, and that is kind of like a mix of Marvel style and full script where we lay out the page and then also uh, just like quick blurbs about what happens visually. And then uh, we let Tyrell go crazy and add what he wants and we go back and do the lettering afterwards. So in either case, though, whether I do full script or I do something more Marvel style, I always tell the artist, this is how I see it it is not gospel. You can do whatever you want, add yourself to it, do what you want, do what you think would be cool visually. And I love seeing what artists come back with, uh, with my collaborators of how they visually figure out stuff or putting cool moments um, in Superboy, which I'm doing right now, Junoy, we work on full script, but he'll add panels, especially to the big like Dragon Ball inspired fight scenes of Connor, you know, mixing it up with some space baddies, throwing in his own flair of either, the way people are being hit or the motion or the character reactions, like throwing in some extra really great emotional moments. Uh, It's really fun. And I, I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world, like being able to see that art come in and working uh, collaboratively with, you know, the artist, the inker, the colorist, the letterer, and the editor uh, it's one of the most fun things you could possibly do when it comes to an artistic creative project.
0: And very, so very thoughtful of you to, when possible, check with the artist and see about the approach that they yeah.
1: prefer. That's, that's sometimes the timeline's too quick and you can't get on the phone and stuff beforehand. Um, if things are you know, if it's like a project that came up suddenly or something, um, or you guys might live in different time zones, but I always try, like, there's a new um, it has been announced, so I won't say what it is or anything, but there's a new creator on thing I'm working on. And luckily I was able to get on the phone with the artist before I was able to outline the whole thing. And he knew the basic thing of the story, but we talked about like, Hey, this is the emotional core of the story. What sort of things do you want to throw in here? And we spent a whole hour and a half back and forth on the phone. Like, Oh, what if we did this? And we changed that. And I ended up changing some of the beats of the story because he had so many awesome ideas of things to put in like visually that he thought would be great and stuff. So I'm hoping, um, I'm hoping to add a ton of that in. And then of course, like still give him carte blanche to change whatever we want. So once we get to the actual thumbnailing gauge.
0: Nice. Nice. Yeah. And I'll also mention before I talk uh, with you a little bit about the title fearless, mm-hmm. uh, also mention artifacts, uh, which is, Oh yeah. It's a much more, uh, Mature kind of take. You've got some mood. You've got some atmosphere in there that works a little bit differently um, than than some of the other books that you've done. So just to throw appreciation out there for the sort of the creator owned world of storytelling, I also appreciate that
1: work that you've done as well. So that was a that was a one shot through the competition that I did. I won the first writing one, and that one if you're, if you're looking at them side by side by with fearless, that's like night and day. Cause I'm also, um, well, I love superhero stuff and I love the like middle grade slice of life sort of thing. Like I love all genres and all stories. And I'm also a big fan of horror and suspense stuff. And so the first big comics where I did was horror and suspense, uh, artifacts is a straight up horror comic. There is some action in there, but it was really inspired by my love of things like, uh, john constantine hellblazer and some of the darker hellboy stories and stuff so i tried to craft something that i figured would scare and terrify me and then put that in there and that seemed to work uh but i really appreciate you calling that out because i do i want to get back to doing some creepy stuff like i love um i love spooky stories i've loved them ever since i was a kid when i would read like goosebumps and stuff or watch are you afraid of the dark uh, Oh, yes yeah and so like that's what like leveled me up and then i started like finding the more adult stuff afterwards so I, I've i always loved creepy stuff and uh, I'd really like to get back to that someday too. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really fun. I don't, I don't like to sit in just one genre. Like I, I talked to an editor about this recently that I don't necessarily like sit down and think like I am going to write a horror story or I am going to write a science fiction story. It's usually the emotional core of it and the concept come first. And then I realize like, Oh, this is, this is going to be, scary or this is going to be an action story or this is going to be slice of life so usually genre comes after it's like third or fourth after oh, i cool. figure out what the story and the core of the character are going to be
0: always curious about the those processes that's really cool and there's so many people out there like still crafting in suspense and horror so it's it's also very cool i appreciate um brian level's work a lot he's oh love him a really he's a good buddy of mine yeah 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 yeah, it always brings interesting things to the page. Um, did you so see I'll, him at Heroes?
1: Time? I did. I did. Oh, awesome. Uh, mm-hmm.
0: I spent a little bit more time talking to him last year than this year because there, there were people around at the moment. But yeah, yeah. Um, great guy awesome. and great guy to talk to. Oh, yeah. I talked to Brian for hours. Brian's amazing and so insightful. Like you have a philosophical conversation with him. So uh, I appreciate that. Um, So I'll mention a couple of titles for especially the educator crowd out there that might not be as familiar. There was this movie that came out this week, um, The Flash. I've been waiting for a Flash movie since I was uh, maybe nine or ten when the John Wesley ship and Mark Hamill show came out. So it's great to see that finally out uh, and realized. Um, And so I'm going to mention Flash Fastest Man Alive. Because there are those reading connections instantly between like movies and books. And I, I've read the, the parts of that that have been released so far and really enjoyed the, the world building there. Um, but then I'll also mention again, and I know we've, we've talked about it once or twice, but Fearless as well being a book that would be great to have on the classroom shelf. So, so anything that you'd like for educators out there to know about uh, some of the storytelling with Scholastic or Shared Universe or, or anything like that?
1: Sure. Uh, we'll start with Fearless because I think that would be a great thing, uh, especially for classrooms. So a brief synopsis of it is that it's about uh, a little girl who's about to go into middle school and her and her best friend every day reenact their favorite TV show. They play all the time, but her friend ends up moving away at the beginning of the summer and they promise to stay in touch and keep talking. But the problem is, is that after a couple of days and then weeks, her friend stops answering calls, stops answering emails, even letters So this this girl, she doesn't know why her friend won't talk to her anymore. So inspired by their favorite character from their favorite show, the superhero character, she jumps on her bike and tries to ride three towns over to try to get her best friend back. And so it's a story about her odyssey of meeting people along the way, encountering like bullying and people not feeling sure of themselves um, and then culminating in this sort of changed friendship without spoiling the story or anything yeah. just it's about how friendships change and growing up and everything like I said it was based a lot around my own experience as a kid going from elementary school to middle school because you know people you know they tell you like oh it's going to be different because you're not going to have recess anymore or mm-hmm. you're going to assign classes there's going to be a ton of different kids but nobody talks about how all of the friendship relationships change Like you show up on day one and people have started people you've grown up with your whole lives, like through elementary school, you've known, and I mean, it's a short life, but these are the other kids you spent all this time with. They're suddenly all in new groups and there's all new Mm -hmm. rules and things have changed and people aren't the same as they were eight months ago. Uh, So I feel like that's a really important thing that people should know happens and that it's okay to feel hurt by it or confused by it or to move on from things or different people. So that was a really important thing for me to put down, uh, in a story just because I wish there had been something like that for me, because like the transition was super hard because I, you know, like I got separated from a ton of my friends, uh, I had to make all new ones and, uh, Zach had a similar situation. So we came together in this story. We tried to marry both of our experiences together. And then, you know, through this, uh, this character, this girl, Kira, like, uh, or Kara, I'm sorry. Um, we tried to just show about how that was very effective towards us and tried to use cool storytelling elements, like I said, in a in a unique story structure to show how she deals with problems and stuff, and then eventually how she deals with her own.
0: Yeah, yeah I love that, and um, I'm a former middle school teacher, current high school teacher, uh, and done some stuff at the university level too and those those transitions just never go away so it's a great book for thinking about that and um again i'll say scholastic published it so for yeah. folks out there that are looking for that accessible material and uh looking to add graphic novels and comics to the bookshelf which i always recommend uh, absolutely recommend that one um so any other titles that you'd like to mention before we talk about upcoming events or things of that nature?
1: Sure. Um, so some other things that have been collected recently. Uh, I have that alternate universe thing that I mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a series called DC Mech, which I did with Baltimore Rivas. Um, DC let me go crazy. They knew that I'm a huge anime and mecha fan. Like I I bleed Red, blue, and yellow, and white from Mobile Suit Gundam. So they knew that I was the guy to call for that. And they all they had was a title and a little tiny bit of a premise. And my editor let me go nuts and build a whole different universe from the ground up. So the basic premise is that through a different series of events, the DC universe, instead of it being populated by superheroes, all of the characters that you know and love became mech pilots instead. So... It's a love letter to, like I said, Mobile Suit Gundam, Robotech, Evangelion. I didn't take one inspiration from one thing. Everybody, similar to how the DC publications all came together from different companies, every different group of characters has different inspiration for their mecha or for the way they pilot. Uh, Like Wonder Woman, for example, her bracelets that she wears are motion trackers. So she does everything through movement in her cockpit. The Green Lanterns have uh, a Robotech style transforming jet fighter that turns into a, um, that turns into a mech. So it was really fun to come up with that stuff. And the collected hardcover edition of that comes out in, on July 11th. It's a fun, just alternate universe take that you can just jump into enjoy a good, like Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, flash, Green Lantern story. Um, as you mentioned, the flash, the fastest man alive collection just came out in concurrence with the movie. Um, it's a prequel story about all of the adventures that he has leading up to the beginning of the movie, learning how to do things like phasing, uh, his like mock punch, leaving after images. It's a, again, I'm a big anime and manga fan. It's a shonen style, like battle story of like how through perseverance and learning more about his abilities and himself, the Flash becomes the hero that he is right before the beginning of the movie. I took a way different approach to it. Um, I I tend to not like a lot of like prequel comics to movies because they're just empty scenes trying to lead up to a movie and they can't really do anything. But luckily, when I was working on this with my editor, we both had the same vision of like, let's make this like an evergreen flash book that whether you see the movie or you've seen any of the movies or not, like old Flash fans will love it because it's a new take on it's just like an world stake on a different version of the flash and new people who've never read a flash comic before will get a great feeling of what it's like to read classic sort of flash stories and then it makes uh it makes a great companion to the movie of getting to see you know uh, i got to write the scene of how he gets the flash ring that's in the yeah. movie um and the new costume and everything so it was a lot of fun to work on and I had so much creative freedom doing it. So I really stand by it as like a fun love letter to the flash or like an evergreen thing that anybody can pick up. Um, and then I'm currently writing, like you said, uh Superboy, The Man of Tomorrow, which uh, I brought back uh the leather jacket wearing Connor Kent Superboy. Yeah, uh, well, yeah. Brian Michael Bendis brought him back. I pitched a series that was just about him. So these are his adventures of like realizing that there's too many people with the uh, house of L symbol on their chest running around earth. And there's not a lot of room for him to make his mark, especially when he's in a universe where he didn't technically exist because comics. uh, And so he's trying to go out into space and make his own way and inspired very much by like Dragon Ball and stuff. There's a lot of big bombastic fighting and emotions as he takes on people that are way outclassed uh, in terms of power against himself uh, and tries to navigate who he's going to be, like what kind of man he's going to be when he grows up in this new world, uh, which is a lot of fun. I've always loved that character, and I've been really happy that people were so excited about it and have been uh, have been supporting it. So, I big shout out to all the fans who've shown up and have been supporting that series. We we really enjoy it. Uh, we really enjoy doing it. And then I, I mentioned I have a little bit more of an adult title. I have that image comic series that's launching in August, which is called The Schlub, which is uh the basic like elevator pitch is like, what if Michael Scott from The Office or like Kenny Powers from Eastbound and Down switch bodies with like Superman and like how nice, dangerous nice. that would be? <laughs> yeah, so it's about a dentist named Roger Dalton who blames everybody but himself for all his problems and gets to switch bodies with the most powerful superhero in the world and how that goes absolutely horribly for everyone around him uh so it's a big fun like heartfelt action adventure story that i'm co-writing with ryan stegman and then tyrell cannon's drawing it nice nice Lo- lots to look forward to lots to look forward i try to. to keep busy
0: yeah and i love hearing about the the inspirations you mentioned Worlds, and i love that you have the the creative freedom and the ability to kind of bring in some different takes. And uh, having seen the Flash movie, I'll say, uh, I also appreciate the way that you treat that with elements to build in the story, because there, there was definitely room for that. So I appreciate that as well. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, anything that we've missed as far as upcoming titles, events, anything that was on the list that we didn't get
1: to as we're wrapping up? I don't think so. I just encourage, like you said, I know you said a lot of educators and stuff listen to this. Um, Mm -hmm. Like I said, Fearless is a great thing that's like an all-ages thing I've done that you can keep on the shelf. If you got some people who are readers who are a little bit more advanced uh, things, you know, DCMEC is like a PG-13 thing. that's just like a fun action thing um, that people can check out. And Superboy is also in that vein. So just in terms of readers, like if I had to give a guide, like Fearless, anybody can read that uh the the dc stuff is usually they actually put like an age marking on them now uh, of like (laughs) 13 plus so just discretion there i mean you know you know how kids like what they should be able to read and everything you know your kids better than i do um but i would just that's what i would recommend in terms of checking things out and then things like the schlub or like artifacts and stuff that's a that's a little bit more of the big kids kind of stuff Um, yeah definitely definitely and
0: uh I, I'm just imagining what it would have been like in my English classroom as a kid if I'd been able to get my hands on some DC mech. Like that would have been a good day at school, definitely middle school or high school for sure. Yeah.
1: Thank you, man. I'd, I'm part of the the generation that grew up with like Toonami and everything, so I I have a big appreciation for like the Maca genre. I've always loved mm-hmm. it. So the fact that I got to do like a love letter to both. You know, like two things I love the DC Universe and you know, like Mobile Suit Gundam and stuff uh, was a dream come true. So, I just hope that you know, when the hardcover and the collection comes out on July 11th, the more people get to experience it uh, and see like that great Elseworlds kind of twist on those two genres.
0: Definitely. Well, Kenny Porter, thank you so much for jumping on and talking with me today. And thanks for all of the books that you're putting out into the world. and I hope everybody out there we'll go and check them out and and read them at least once, maybe twice and and catch all the, the wonderful things on the comics pages.
1: Thank you so much, man. Thank you for having me. My pleasure.